Hello, I'm Hal Lublin. And I'm Mark Gagliardi. Since the dawn of humanity, one issue has gone unsettled. With the fate of the world in the balance, we're here to settle once and for all. Best superhero origin story. That's right. Don't worry, everyone. We got this. Podcast should have a theme song. Podcast should not have a theme song. Yes, they should. No, they shouldn't. They sound good. Yeah, but people are just going to skip past it. Hmm. You know what? You're right. We got this. Hal, I'm ready for story time, buddy. It's story time. Who, it's who suggested story time. this, Mark? This was suggested to us by Cindy Whittemore. Thank you, Cindy Whittemore, who has uh, contributed before to the show, I believe. Yes. And I wonder, I always wonder with stuff like this, Mm -hmm. where it's so wide open. I think what I love about this topic, thank you, Cindy, is this is a conversation that people who love comic books and comic book characters, even those who don't know and want to hear about them, would ask about, like, in a bar or at a party or just hanging out somewhere. And then somebody like me would go off on the stuff they know about endlessly and be like, oh, that was very exciting. There's a video, if you can find it, I think it's on the Nerdist channel, maybe, of me cornering Kakowski backstage when we were doing, like, that behind-the-scenes <laughs> thing. And it's just uh-huh. me summarizing Lionheart in, like, five minutes. But I Amazing. don't stop. I just go through the whole thing. And it was a planned bit. But it's still, I know I've done that to Jennifer before and watched her turn into a glazed donut in front of my eyes. Well, I give you full permission to do it today because honestly, okay. this topic, once we decided on it, I was like, it feels like there are really three origin stories that everybody knows mm-hmm. that are sort of built into the fabric of Americana. And that is Superman, Batman and Spider-Man, right? Those sure. feel like the three origin stories that everybody knows best. But thanks to all the Marvel movies and the fact that it seems like a majority of the Marvel movies are superhero origin stories by their default, I guess. Sure, 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 sure. Especially the early, you know, that first wave. Right. And even in the next wave, it's different heroes. We're getting Ms. Marvel and we're getting, you know, now with DC, you got Blue Beetle's origin story. Like so many superhero movies are the origin stories. And also like things change because Mm -hmm. DC had its golden age where there was like one Green Lantern. Who had like right. this lantern of prophecy. First it brings death, then it brings life, then it brings power. He was a train engineer who was in a train accident and the lantern gave him power. So that's how he became the Green Lantern. Then right. that goes away. And then in the Silver Age, we're introduced to Hal Jordan, who is a test pilot. And the Green Lantern are a core. They're basically like the police of the yeah. galaxy. So he is not the only Green Lantern. He comes in and his no, ring no, is he, it's like getting so, the name tag. Yeah, a, a Green Lantern named Abin Sur crashes on Earth, mm-hmm. and the ring goes and finds Hal Jordan and brings him to Abin Sur, who says, the ring has chosen you, you are going to be the next Green Lantern, right. here's how it works, you power it this way, and it's powered by your will, and yellow is your only weakness. So, yes, each Green Lantern has its own sector, so they're not like, Abin Sur was in the Earth sector, that was the sector he patrolled, and now that was Hal Jordan's job, then there's Guy Greer, and then John Stewart, so they're all these different, they're like different versions of every hero. The two that, Guy Gardner, thank you, I don't know why I had Greer in my head. The two that I think are the most similar are The Flash, because Jake mm-hmm. Eric, both of them were in lab accidents, and chemicals gave them super speed. Right. So. The Flash and who else? The Flash and The Flash. Oh, Both the Flash and the Flash. The Flash. So the original. Gotcha. So okay, Flash. yeah, we're still ta- we're talking about yes. uh, superhero origin stories that have changed right. over but time. Even with that, you have 
then the new 52 comes along for DC. They're like, oh, we're we gonna are going to go deep in this. Aren't now we? Captain Marvel is Shazam. It takes yeah. place in Philadelphia. And again, it's like an orphaned kid who's given the powers of, by the wizard Shazam gives him all these powers. And uh, Shazam is an acronym for all these different gods that he's taking different powers from, wisdom, speed, strength, endurance, all this stuff. The original Captain Marvel, when he turns into Captain Marvel, he goes from a kid to an adult. Captain Marvel is an adult with full adult faculties. The new 52 comes along. And then the most recent films are based off of that, where when he is, when he turns into Shazam, he's still Billy Batson. He's just in the body of Shazam. So right. it's a kid who's been who yeah, without Tom a driver's Hanks license. Yes, it's Tom Hanks' big. Exactly. Yeah. So the origin stays the same. The application of it's different. I love that version of the origin story for a superhero because the idea, like for any kid, I imagine that's the most satisfying version of a superhero origin story is, uh, oh, a kid gets to turn into one as opposed to the deeply intense and traumatic ones from, I'm going to call them the big three. Uh, Superman, Batman, Spider-Man of like, and then many other super traumatic experiences that become a superhero's origin. I like that Shazam is that light version of one. Yeah. I mean, he's in both versions. He goes to a magical subway to find <laughs> like you get yeah. somehow the subways of New York or Philadelphia, the public transit systems are hiding old ancient wizards that will give you powers. If only you find them and you're the right person to wield them. If you can get past the alligators in the sewers that we all learned about in E.T. That's right. That's the final test to become Shazam. And the Ninja Turtles are down there, too. Here's what I would like. You know what I would like? I would like an underground universe. Make that (laughs) the U.U., the U.C.U., you see, you. Just, that'll be all our... of the underground uh, things <laughs> start happening. Chuds come out. They all have to battle the chuds. Chuds. Come on. Ninja Turtles versus chuds. Um, I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> I'd say that there are like three main categories of superhero. Great. I was going to ask, what do you think are, what do you think are the big, the Let's big do categories? Four. Okay. okay. One is trauma. Batman falls into that. The other is accident. I would put Peter Parker mm-hmm. in that category. The Flash, a few others where it was an accident that gave them their powers. They weren't mm-hmm. making a conscious choice. Then there is the, I was stranded somewhere or captured. Mm-hmm. And that led to me becoming a superhero. Iron Man falls into that. The right. Green Arrow is shipwrecked and then becomes like he trains himself to become an expert with bow and arrow so that he can survive. And then that leads to him becoming, and it's also rich people a lot. Then there are people who mm-hmm. were born with it. Wonder woman is born like with X-Men. powers. Yeah. Uh, X-Men, all of the mutants, you know, they're, it's really more like their origin of how they arrive at either becoming a hero or a villain, but right. the source of their powers with maybe the, uh, a notable exception would be Wolverine because first he has this whole life and then he goes into the weapon X program and they lace him with adamantium and it screws with his memory. Mm-hmm. So you get like the modern version of him, but his powers remain the same. He's still got a healing factor. That's why he survives. Every time the, uh, his hands rip open to shoot right. knives out. But also yeah. why he was able to survive having the adamantium put on his skeleton. Yeah. Because it would kill most people. So trauma, um, accidents, stranded, and birth. And also making a deal. Making a deal? Like a deal with the devil? Like, like Ghost Al Rider? Simmons, well, like Ghost Rider, uh, Al Simmons, who makes a deal to see his wife, Wanda Blake, one last time. Mm-hmm. And as a result of that, he is cursed into the life of a hell spawn, and that's how you get spawned. Gotcha. Let me ask you this. It seems mm-hmm. like there are two parts 
to a hero origin story or a superhero origin story. The two parts being I either receive or hone my powers and I decide to do good. You know what I mean? Like I look at a story like, you know, Batman's origin story. He has a traumatic event happen to him. His parents are killed. He becomes Batman. He trains and he acquires knowledge and different skills and different uh, weaponry and vehicles and all this stuff. And then once then he is Batman and using the memory of what happened to his parents, that is his decision to do that with Peter Parker. He gets his powers by accident, but seeing uncle Ben die, that is what uh, sends him down a path to doing good. Yeah. There are two inciting incidents. It's all of Joseph Campbell. Yeah. One is I acquire these powers Two is, is I learn how to use them for good or I am, I'm compelled to use them for good. I think right. for someone like Batman, he, that's the whole reason he, you know, he has no special powers. He has right. money and he's trained himself to the peak of physical condition. Or as human. Ben Affleck said, I'm rich. He's rich and he's yeah. the greatest detective mind in the world. But all of that is in service of fighting crime because he suffered this trauma. And I remember mm. in an acting class in college, we were talking about super objective. And we were talking about Batman's super objective. And my feeling was that a super objective, super objective, for those of you who don't know, is something you're trying to attain, your character's trying to attain that you will never get. It is basically a driving center for your character. Would you say that's accurate, Mark? Yeah. So my thing was for Bruce Wayne, his super objective is to save his parents. He'll never be able to do it. And now he's going to try to save everybody else. And that was uh, the professor's thing was like, no, his super objective is to save everybody. Because he suffered this trauma, and they both work. I think saving everybody is probably better because it drives him actively to do things. Yeah. But he he's trying to prevent what happened to him from happening to anyone ever again. And he'll never be able to do that. So he's driven by this sort of twisted pain. Mm-hmm. I think Peter Parker, you have this kid who gets these powers, and he's poor, and he's been bullied his whole life. And now all of a sudden, he has the power, so he's going to use it to go make money. Criminals are somebody else's problem. He just mm-hmm. wants to get paid and do his thing. And the person he lets go is the one who kills his Uncle Ben. And he learns with great power, there must also come great responsibility. And right. that is, like, you know, there's a lot of people having to lose someone. I there think is. Su- sorry. Uh, sorry, go ahead. Because I get to talk for an hour straight. I know. That, and, that, and that's why I'm excited about this topic. It seems like what these origin stories give us as readers and viewers of the stories is they give us a point of view and a context for every decision that that character makes. We can put it through the filter of what we know from their origin story about what they can do and why they do it. I would argue that Batman's motivations because of his origin story seem more layered and complex and I think more literarily interesting, right? But Spider-Man's to me seem more relatable because so often his motivation is that yes, to save the day always, but to get to class on time. You know what I mean? Like there are human relatable elements. Like sure. everybody can be an ordinary 16 year old kid that an accident happens to. Not everybody is the world's greatest detective mind and a multi-billionaire. Sure. What are your thoughts on the value of relatability versus the value of literary richness as far as crafting the pov of how we view a character 
I think for an origin story, they're both really interesting because a lot of these characters, like none of us are very few of us are billionaires. So we don't know what it's like to be Bruce Wayne or Tony Stark. Right. We're not all genius scientists. So we don't know what it's like to be Bruce Banner, mm-hmm. who's got another interesting, you know, there are also these people who were heroes before and then got these powers. And in his case, it doesn't quite work out because he doesn't have control over this alter ego. Mm-hmm. But I think that there's, to me, the origin story is sort of like, it's not the plausibility of it. It's, I think it's how interesting it is to me mm-hmm. overall, like to get into what Spider-Man does in 1970 in those issues is like, doesn't matter. Cause we're just looking at the origin, right? We're looking at that. Yep. At, he gets his powers. The incident happens where he gets his powers. And mm-hmm. then I think it's over maybe the court. I, I don't even know if it's the course of a month or so. That he experiences the trauma that turns him into Spider-Man or this, the second inciting incident with Batman. Right. You have him. He knows he wants to fight crime. He goes and does all this training and stuff. And then he's sitting in his study going like, I have to be a symbol. What is a symbol that will strike fear mm-hmm. into the hearts of criminals? And then a bat flies into his office. He's like, that's it. A bat. Like that is what happens in the comics. That is the yeah. original comics, which I'm not going to lie, feels a little bit like those episodes of the food that made America, where someone yeah. pours milk on cereal for the first time, and a Kellogg brother looks up and goes, "Oh!" Mm-hmm. And the music changes, and then they cut to a new scene where they're manufacturing flakes. Yeah, it just feels like that one gets fumbled at the goal line. Yeah, I think Superman is really interesting, and here's mm-hmm. why: Superman. Wait, which one do you think fumbles at the goal line? Batman. Batman fumbles at the goal line. I think Batman fumbles at the goal line because all of a sudden he's like, "Mm, oh, a bat flew in here. That's what I'm going to dress up as. But uh, now, see, this is the thing. Let me ask you this. Before we move on to Superman, there are different versions of Batman's origin story. So in the Christopher Nolan film versions, it's he's scared by this collection of bats Mm -hmm. that, you know, come into the well that he's trapped in the bottom of. It's a different fear story so is there one origin story for each character or are all of these considered canon like i said it's been revised and changed over time when i think of it i think of the original bob kane that first detective comics issue where you're introduced to batman but it was seven years before his origin story came in batman's origin story he was around for right. years before right right right. then it was 1946 i guess they Something would have like that, uh, yeah. brought it in right when they bring it in that's mm-hmm. where it fumbles it they're like oh we should explain why this guy's is dressed like a bat but does this what happened yeah and it's a great does the number of people who have repaired it over the years arguably repaired you know elements of the backstory that are not as you know are not as palatable or not as good or, you know what I mean? Like, can the collective unconscious of a hundred years craft the perfect origin story? If it needed to be repaired, was it the best one to begin with? Uh, you know what? It's a good point. Let's talk about Superman then. There are basic ideas of Batman's story. His parents are killed in front of him, this Mm -hmm. traumatic moment. And then he's sure slow motion pearls. There's a lot of times slow slow motion pearls pearls. are there, all this stuff. But you ever dance I, with the know, devil in the pale moonlight? If you have to change it, that was the word, the bat, the Tim Burton version of it is, is practically unforgivable because it, it allows him to get revenge. He never really yeah. gets revenge either because the guy who, who originally does it is a guy named Joe Chill gets killed, mm-hmm. uh, not by him, by someone else. Like he never gets the revenge yeah. that he needs. So that, like, there's no healing him. I think Superman's interesting 
the quick elevator pitch for Superman is he is an alien from the world of Krypton. Mm-hmm. His father, Jor-El, is a scientist who correctly predicts that the plate tectonics of the planet is basically going to explode and they all need to get off of it. They all laugh at him. He and his wife take their only child, Kal-El, put him in a rocket and send him off to survive. He lands on the right. planet Earth where the yellow sun of our solar system gives him all his powers. But I think what's really interesting about Superman is there's sort of like a little bit of nature versus nurture. He comes from good people, but if he hadn't landed in Smallville, Kansas and been raised by Ma and Pa Kent, who were good people and instilled these sort of all-American, do-the-right-thing, stand-up-for-people values, Mm. would he have been Superman? There's a really interesting story written called Red Sun, S-O-N, where he lands in, in Soviet Russia instead and becomes like a propaganda weapon for the Russians. And you look at it, you're like, well, it's just a good look at like... How much of that is who he is as a person versus mm-hmm. where he was raised and the values that were instilled in him? So I think yeah, that's sort of the other interesting part of it is he could have stayed in hiding forever, but he had parents who encouraged him and loved him and told him to take care of people. This, these yeah. are your powers. This is what you should be doing. A couple of questions about that. Yeah. First of all, in Red Sun, is Superman a hero? Is he a good guy? Because I mean, I I would argue people. That's the thing. I would argue that Superman here, aside from doing good, is kind of also a propagandist for the U.S. So was he raised by good parents in Russia to be a hero? He becomes like a government weapon. He becomes basically a government weapon for the Soviet Union. He becomes a was this written in the eighties? Soviet weapon? No, I think it was in the last. I want to say it was in the last twenty-five years. Oh, right. But yeah, I just think he's an interesting, I think it's an interesting origin story. And there is something to like, he doesn't know he has these superpowers until he gets a little older and he finds out he's different. I think there's a weird relatability, not a relatability, but a fantasy that every child has of like, what if I'm secretly really special and no one has told me and I have these powers or some ability that's going to show itself. That's the cool thing about mutants too, is like, you could read these comics as a kid and go like, oh, when I go through puberty, that's, I'm going to develop a power. Well, I'd like to talk about mutants in a second and Mm. a little bit more about Superman. But first, let's take a quick break and we are going to come back and figure out once and for all the greatest superhero origin story. I've got my popcorn and my s'mores and we're sitting at this campfire. Hal has a flashlight under his chin (laughs) and uh, I don't even know how we're recording this. We will be right back. The human mind can be tricky. Your mental health can be complex. Your emotional life can be complicated. So it helps to talk about it. I'm John Moe. Join me each week on my show, Depression Mode with John Moe. It's in-depth conversations about mental health with writers, musicians, comedians, doctors, and experts. Folks like Noah Khan, Sashir Zameda, and Surgeon General Vivek Murthy. We talk about depression, anxiety, trauma, imposter syndrome, and perfectionism. We have the kind of conversations that a lot of folks are hesitant to have themselves. Listen, and you won't feel as alone, and you'll have some laughs, too. Depression Mode for Maximum Fun at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is KT Wigman, Operations Specialist. I'm here with Christian Duenas, Producer. And we're both worker owners here at Maximum Fun. October is National Co-op Month. So we're celebrating our brand new co-op and some others with an event called Co-Optober. We've got special events all month long, starting with a live Q&A on YouTube where MaxFun worker owners will answer your questions on Friday, October 6th and much more to come. 
We also want to tell you about some incredible limited edition merch, exclusively available to MaxFun members throughout the month of October. If you're already a member of MaxFun, you've shown that you care about our shows and what we do. If you also want to help launch us into this new cooperative era and show off your support, go ahead and get yourself a hat, a pin, a shirt. We worked with some of our favorite artists to make them really special. For details on merch, all of our upcoming events like Meetup Day and more, visit MaximumFun.org slash Co-Optober. That's C-O-O-P-T-O-B-E-R. Happy Co-Optober. All right, okay. we're back. Yes. One final thought on Superman before we jump into the X-Men, and I'm curious your thoughts on this. Mm-hmm. If we are talking about there being really two Joseph Campbell moments, potentially, for our a great superhero origin story is his parents raised him right. The most compelling reason for Superman being good. If I think to the inciting moment of why Superman decides to do good, I can't think of one moment the way that I can for like an inciting incident. Yeah, it's, you know it's I mean? definitely like the cumulative effect of him being raised. His mother makes his right. first, his first costume is made out of his baby blankets. Those are the colors of his baby blankets. Yeah. It must have been a gigantic blanket to fit him as an adult. Sure. Oh, it's got super stretch. Yeah. Super stretchy. That's yeah. Yeah. There is something to that. There's, it's a slow burn that makes yeah. it. And he was Superboy. They came back and wrote Superboy as well. So he was doing good at a younger age as well. It, it just feels a bit like. Eisenhower retconning. Like, how did Superman become good? Well, because he listened to his parents. I think the real fun retconning stuff comes later. Like, oh, his cousin was sent to watch after. That's Supergirl. And also, Zod, there's the Phantom Zone, and there are these criminals, and they escape from there, and then you have more Kryptonians. Plus, there's an entire city in a bottle called Candor that they're all shrunk down, and Superman's constantly like, I gotta figure out a way to get that city regular. That's the Dr. Seuss book, right? (laughs) Superman hears a Candor? Uh huh. That's exactly it. (laughs) So talk to me about the X-Men. What are you thinking? Well, here's what compels me about the X-Men is what you mentioned is there like the idea that your, uh, your superpower reveals itself. I think is it's well done by Superman. I think it is also very well done in the X-Men stories, but there's also an added layer to the X-Men in that it's not just a superhero origin story. It's a superhero team origin story because each individual X-Man, their origin story is different or their, you know, discovery of their powers story is different. But the origin for X-Men seems to me the origin of a team of mutants that finds itself combined as opposed to the Fantastic Four where it's already a team that is in this space flight where the radiation accident happens and... We'll talk about that in a second, because I feel like nobody's quite done their origin story justice yet. I mean, the, the one on film with uh, with Miles Teller, they got a DUI. They got a space DUI. That's how they got their powers. But anyway, talk about X-Men. We'll a second. I think what's interesting about the X-Men is they, again, they come from Professor X. They were from Charles mm-hmm. Xavier, who is the... He is the flip side of the coin from Magneto. And, and on a whole, mutants are these outcasts from society who are afraid of them. And rightfully so, these people have powers. And you have in Magneto maybe the most compelling villain in all comic books because he's a Holocaust survivor yeah. who is now, in addition to having been a Jew in Nazi Germany, now is forever outcast because he has these incredible powers. 
And so he is in this never again. You cannot trust humans. I've seen firsthand, you know, I've been in the camps, Charles. I know what they can do. And Charles Xavier's like, not all people are bad. We have to give them a chance. So Mm -hmm. there are these two sides. But to most people on the street, they're all the same. They're all just mutants. So there's no distinction between good and bad. So you have all these people who are trying to do good and are reviled oftentimes by the people that they're trying to to save as a whole. So there's a lot of baggage built into that. And each of these of the members of the team have different feelings about it. So, you know, some are more outwardly affected than others. You have people like Nightcrawler who have to wear a disguise everywhere because he's blue Mm -hmm. and has three fingered hands. So he's got to wear a full disguise to be out in public. You know, they have to hide who they are. They are superheroes because we know and they're presented that way, but it's, they're very complex team. And I, it's hard to say like the origin of any of them. Well, then let's look at just the big bosses of the thing. I would argue that just based on what you said, one of the more interesting superhero origin stories is actually would Magneto count? Yeah, I mean, he's been a hero. He's been a leader. Of the That's X-Men the thing. Before. He has been a lead. Like, he is so complicated and so interesting. The idea that this guy who, through the course of all the movies or most of the movies, has been the villain. But, you know, in the Fassbender version, you're rooting for him most of the time. Or I was, you know, when he's hunting down Nazis. Of course. But, like, yeah, it's to make a super villain out of the most, like, to give the most sympathetic backstory to what frequently is a misguided superhero is fascinating to me. Yeah. I mean, again, like the getting of the powers is nothing special because he's a mutant and all mutants acquire their powers the same way, basically. Mm -hmm. But his inciting incident, which happened at a young age, is so baked into who he is that it guides, you know, this, again, this huge trauma guides every decision he makes, everything he does. And he has these alliances. Charles Xavier is his old friend, but can't stand in his way because what he has to do to protect mutants, including Charles Xavier, yeah, is going to put humans in the crossfire. Like, we've evolved past them. We don't need them anymore. All they're going to do yeah. is try to hunt them down. Like, again, do you want to see my tattoo again? Like, I'll tell you how this ends. So yeah, he's compelling. We Let's stick a pin in him. I would stick a pin in him, yeah. I can't believe you eliminated <laughs> Batman already. I, I haven't eliminated Batman. You I did just too. Think, you said I that he, said, he, he didn't I get said the I, touchdown. He fumbled at the fumbled. goal line. I think that the idea of where the bat inspiration comes from is a little weak. But again, on the whole, there's a reason why it's such an enduring story. And I don't yeah. know if you've seen any of the Batman movies, but you can definitely see it over and over again, with the exception of The Batman which mm-hmm. is probably why I enjoyed it because I was like, I don't need to see, like, we've seen it. We've seen it a million yeah. times. Even Batman versus Superman, which isn't a Batman movie, we still have to watch it again, like, to remember. <laughs> this is the most famous origin story of probably of all time. Well, I would argue one. there's another very famous origin story we have not talked about much yet. Archie? We'll get into that in a second. I know you love your Archie comics. The Fantastic Four... Well, let's talk about the Fantastic Four then. Genius who has proposed a space mission to the government. They scrap it. And so he decides, you know what, Ben, come with me. You're a pilot. We're going to go do it anyway. We're going to break in and take this shuttle and go into space. 
And then he's like, like a bad idea. Sue, you and Johnny come along. And then they go there and they get bombarded by cosmic rays. And that's what gives them their powers. So it is an accident. But I feel like Reed Richards is more of a badass Mm -hmm. than he's given credit for in any of the movies. Because he's always played as like, because he's so smart, I think the easy way to write him is as a nerd. Mm -hmm. But the truth is, he's like the smartest person. (laughs) He's one of the smartest people in the entirety of the universe. And he's super confident as well. Like, he has more depth as a character than he's been given on film. And I'm excited to see the next iteration of them because I think it'll be... Krasinski doing it, right? Well, Krasinski only played him in that one in the Doctor Strange sequel. We don't know who's playing. Like, hasn't been cast yet. And we're not going to find out until these strikes are over, so... Good point. It's kind of a moot point. But he would have been an interesting... I'm sure he could have done it well and it was fun to see him... That was a mm-hmm. fun bit of fan service, if nothing else. Yeah. But again, their incident that makes them superheroes are the same, and they all have to band together and work together, but their reactions to their powers, much like the X-Men, are completely different. Which is kind of cool. Yeah. Ben Grimm is the outcast because he's the only one who can't look like himself anymore. He's a giant rock monster wherever he goes. So life is forever altered for him, and he's constantly like, can I become a person again? So yeah. th- there's that back and forth. and. Johnny Storm is the hothead, and he becomes Literal. a human torch. Ooh. So he loves his powers and wants to show them off. Like, you know, it's all, it's, they're just such a fascinating team, and it's, I'm excited to see them done justice. And I feel like they're kind of lost in the shuffle, and I bet Ken, I would hope Ken is not along with me right now. I think they've been kind of shuffled to the back yeah. as the MCU has come about, and it sort of uh, undercuts how, first of all, how important they are to all of Marvel, because they were like the first hit. But also, like, how important they are in the Marvel Universe. A lot of the stuff we've already seen is missing a huge chunk because of their absence. Oh, really? No kidding. Yeah. Like, of the movies that we've seen? Yeah. Huh. Marvel's, yes, Marvel's first, first family. 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 Am I talking? I'm, now I'm talking like Tony Danza. Family. Family. I had just so who, had surgery. What is the other one that you thought was interesting? You did. You're on. This is a fun one. Remember the one where I had taken a laxative and we were on a clock? Oh You're on pain gosh. medication, so we're on another. Uh, yeah, clock. I should tell everybody I had surgery, so I'm on um I'm on a little bit of pain medication right now, which is also why I'm loving Hal doing the bulk of the heavy lifts. <laughs> Just let me talk until yeah. I have no breath. I know, I love it. No, I was going to say the one that we uh, have not real. We talked a little bit about in opposition to Batman's origin story. Then we started talking more about Batman, but I would like to talk a little bit more about Spider-Man's origin story because I mm-hmm. think that's one that's been. Not only is that one one of the best, I think it's got a great, it could happen to anyone version of the getting of the powers. It has a great, but I'm glad it happened to this person because this is a good and decent person who is learning a lesson and now must become a superhero with his inciting incident. And they even made a whole movie where the plot was, if you saw the new, um, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. That is a core memory inciting incident that happens to all of the Mm Spider-Men inside the Spider-Verse. And those core moments are at one point have to be protected at all costs. So I think that is even taking the origin story and making a whole movie where you can take the origin story and flip it on its head and, you know, revolve a whole plot and a whole action sequence around it. Yeah, I think it's a perfect combination of accessibility and a strong POV. Yeah. I, know I think that's what we're going to wind up weighing is mm-hmm. those elements. Yeah. I mean, it has everything. 
It does yeah. have everything. So right now, it seems to me like our finalists, and tell me if you would think otherwise, are, yeah. as expected, Superman, Batman, Spider-Man, also Magneto. Is there anyone else that we've talked about that you think would be a finalist up there? You know what? I'll do it this way. I'll go through... And you can give me some honorable mentions and maybe even some finalists for this. I, I'm just trying to rein you in a little. I see. No, no, I was going to gonna say, uh, I only had one more thing to really talk about. Oh, I was going to ask if you wanted to talk about, and I will do like, we can do like an in memoriam for all the stuff that doesn't make it, but yeah. Uh, do you want to talk briefly about the turtles? Oh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Their yeah. origin story is incredible. All right. Tell me, us the story, me, Hal. Let me take you back. Okay. This is in New York. Uh, there's an accident. Where a guy is, uh, is about to get hit by a truck. A young boy pushes him out of the way. The truck crashes and this glop comes out, blinding the child, but also giving him super senses and turning him, uh, a young Matt Murdock into Daredevil. That same mutagen drips into the sewer where it coats four turtles and a rat who had been the pet of a kung fu master, and you get the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So their origin story is tied to Daredevils. I did not know that. That's yes, that so is cool. There's a very smart little Eastman and Laird who are the creators of the Turtles. That's like a really fun little factoid. Oh, what a great detail. Well, I lo- look, I love the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles origin story, too, because it can visually be done in 30 seconds in the opening sequence of a cartoon. Mm-hmm. Oh, truck, spill, turtles, grow big. They do antics. Splinter shakes his head. But I wonder if people think that Splinter was like a person who got turned into a rat rather than a rat or just like a rat who knew Kung Fu. Who already had thoughts. Specifically the pet of a Kung Fu master yeah. who had spent his entire rat life observing. Like, you know, he just watched and learned. And then all of a sudden he mutated. And he was reborn as Master Splinter. I like that. Don't we wish all rats in subways in New York City would yes. be Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle rats? Yeah. And Splinter's origin is also all over the place. There are a lot of different yeah. versions. That's the one I like, but he's not going to win, so I can sort of pick one there. Look, you can just tell me. Yeah, yeah, you can just tell me which one. All right, let's do uh, Round Robin. Any more uh, – this is this sounds weird to say. Any more trauma ones that we like? Uh, Iron Man's a good trauma one. Yeah. It's, it's, it's basically, it's almost the same thing as Batman's. It's, yeah, he becomes a prisoner of war while going to check on some of his weapons in the field. In the 1960s, you could imagine, uh, during the Vietnam War that there were mm. horrible, uh, racist caricatures that had taken him hostage. And in the more modern telling, uh, in the movie, it's happening in the Middle East, which was a lot mm. more pertinent at the time. But the same idea as someone who helps him, he builds the Mark I armor so that he can escape and then right. rededicates his life to protecting others as Iron Man. Right on. Any others that uh, where it happened by accident that stand out to you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> There's a doctor named Donald Blake who hides out in a cave. I forget exactly what danger he's in, but he finds a cane and when he picks it up, lightning strikes him and he gains the powers of Thor. Which is why in what? Ragnarok, in Ragnarok, when Thor is on Earth and he has the umbrella and he taps it on the mm-hmm. ground to turn himself into Thor, that is a direct nod to the original Thor comics where Dr. Donald Blake would have this cane and he would wrap it on the ground and become Thor. Pretty great. Oh, Ken points out, yep, the gamma radiation bomb that got uh, yes. Bruce Banner and turned him into the Incredible Hulk. Another great accident. I feel like their current versions were like he, that nobody would allow him to test it. He's trying to make the super soldier serum. So mm-hmm. he tests it on himself. Right. But 
in the the original comics is a teenager named Rick Jones basically walks into the testing area. And so Bruce Banner goes and saves him and gets him out, but then can't get back in time. And he's exposed to the gamma radiation that turns him into the Hulk. There is one person who doesn't quite fall into any of these categories. Who's that? Steve Rogers, because he volunteers to get his powers. That's right. Ooh, that's and that's a great one. Uh, I just saw the musical version of that one. Yes, you were. You saw it at Disney. At the I period, did. It right? was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's interesting because he had everything he needed to be Captain America, but the physical ability. And so when he gets these powers, it doesn't change him. It doesn't change who he is. It allows him to do what he's wanted to do his whole life, which is defend, stand up for America, fight for his country, defend the little guy, which, you know, he has the unique perspective, similar to Spider-Man of having been the little guy and then all of a sudden having these powers. Yeah. Of course, they deal with it differently, but, and they're from different eras. So that's understandable, but he was born in a lot of ways to become Captain America. Just his body didn't get the message. Yeah. It is a beautiful so, origin story and a unique one in this world. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we also didn't say abducted. That would be Star-Lord. Yes. And Iron Man, too. He's also abducted. Sure. Any uh, birth ones that we didn't talk about? I think we got all the big birth ones. Wonder Woman. Yeah. Wonder Woman, a great Amazonian princess, not allowed to compete in their big competition, so she puts on a mask. But, like, one of those robber masks where you can tell Mm -hmm. it's still her. And then she wins, and then she she has the lasso of truth and becomes Wonder Woman and, and walks among men. Saving us from ourselves constantly. And uh, you got any deal with the devil, uh, honorable mentions? I think Spawn's a good one. Ghost Rider's another good one. Both Ghost Riders, yeah. like people who race fast and make a wrong choice. And then they're they're like sort of doomed, <laughs> doomed to serve Satan, but also like actually heroes as well. Yeah. Hellboy's interesting, like the demon child that gets raised by a professor. And There are and a I lot of fun. Yeah, there are a lot of fun dark ones that really dip into dark magic as the source of power and yeah. source of Stephen the origin Strange, story. Seems Strange also sort of a volunteer one. And that's pretty close to what's in the movie. He's egotistical surgeon who gets in a car crash that ruins his hands. So he dedicates his life to trying to get him to work again. Mm-hmm. And then he winds up turning to magic, which he doesn't believe in and working for the ancient one and becomes the sorcerer supreme. Yeah. All of these are great origin stories, my friend, but we need to start picking finalists. So who do we have? Is there anyone else besides Batman, Superman, Spider-Man and Magneto that we ought to put in the finals? I don't think so, honestly. Yeah. And there are a lot of great origin stories. They're really fun. They're fun to read. Go back and read the like the original ones. I think they're a lot of fun. But I think there's a reason why these pervade and why people mm-hmm. who aren't even really familiar with the characters or the franchises or whatever know them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ken is in the comments saying that Magneto's not a superhero, which is true. He's not. He is certainly not a superhero. He has fought on the side of superheroes before. Mm-hmm. But also, I, that might... It might just, because we're not just talking about superpowered people. Yeah, that we might, might have preclude. To just, we might have to eliminate yeah. him, but it is a compelling It's an incredible story. story. And for people who don't read, like, this is why you should read comics, because they're really, really well written. And when they create nuanced characters or give existing characters more depth, it just, it colors everything that came before it and makes the stuff that comes after it even better. Yeah. All right. Then we're down to the big three that we, that were the three big lunchboxes when I was a kid. Sure. Batman, Superman, and Spider-Man. I think you made a valid pitch. I don't think it's Superman. 
because I don't, I like the idea of an inciting incident. It feels like for our best yeah. superhero origin story, I feel like there needs to be a moment rather than a slow arc. Yep. What do you think? Yeah. So it's down to Batman versus Spider-Man. Yeah. I do you have a feeling on this. Do you have a way you're leaning? I have a way I'm leaning. Yeah. What's that? I think that the one that encapsulates it the best is Spider-Man because we have the moment where he gets his powers through an accident. We have the moment where he decides to dedicate his life to good after a brief moment of being selfish with his powers. So we get those two distinct points. So we get the best of both worlds in that we get the relatability of it could happen to anybody plus the POV of a person who's had this trauma that it leads to them making all the decisions they make from then on. You know what, yeah. Mark? Yeah. I agree with you. Hey, all right. That's right. People of the that. world with great power, there must also come great responsibility. We have the great power of having to decide things for everyone. And it is a power that we do not take lightly. It is a great responsibility and we wield it well, I think. And that is why we're so inspired by the greatest superhero origin story ever told. This time when Peter Parker became Spider-Man, asked and answered. Thwip. Ooh, a thwip. Well, this topic is closed. And thank you to Cindy Whittemore. I have to say it like that because there's that little extra vowel in the middle. And I don't know whether it's pronounced Whitmore or Whittemore. So I just say it fancy to disguise that. Whittemore, thank you for the topic. This topic is closed, but there are many more topics to discuss, y'all. So reach out to us via email at wegotthispodcast at gmail.com or go to the Facebook group and talk about your favorite superhero origin stories. Let's all share with one another. Facebook.com slash group slash we got this podcast. Thank you to producer Ken Plume. You can see almost every comic book character ever made in the background of his videos, like his show Force 5, which you can support and also support Ken directly at patreon.com slash Ken Plume. Check out all the episodes. It's fun. I've done it. I enjoy it. And you will, too. And that is both a promise and a threat. Thank you also to researcher Kate McManus, graphic designer Uri Kelman, and QA engineer Jen Alba. And thanks, of course, to our musicians, Jonathan Dinerstein and Mike Furman, for our score and theme song, respectively. And thanks to you, the people of the world, with whom we would love to go on a class field trip and all get bitten by spiders. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For Hal Loveland, I'm Mark Gagliardi. For Mark Gagliardi, I'm Hal Lublin, and don't worry, everybody. We We got got this. this. We got this. Maximum Fun, a worker-owned network of artist-owned shows supported directly by you.